Ryan, it's your turn to give a speech. Yes. Sure. Preempting you this time. Rad, Curtis, the two of you bring so many things to the table. And what I want to tell you is tonight, I want you to dig down deep and try really hard to be anybody else. Think about it. Think of the possibility. If you're one of the eight billion people out there, it isn't the two of you. The things we could accomplish on this podcast. Ethan, no notes. Do everything you're doing. Brad and Curtis, all of the notes. Do everything differently. Let's get rolling. Reverse Psychology, the Frasier Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we're covering Season 10, Episode 10, We Two Kings, which originally aired on December 10th, 2002. Is this a Christmas episode on a Valentine's Day Eve? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, it's a resident upside-downer. It's Ryan Sansone. Ho, 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 Curtis, Mary, uh, Kingsmas. <laughs> also with us today is our ho, 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 it's Bradley Kirkston. You know I'm a ho, bro. I'm so excited because it's our first episode that took place in 2002, better known as Brad's Bar Mitzvah Year. That's what we're going to call it. What? Because I make everything about myself, <laughs> and there's nothing better than a Christmas episode to point out my Bar Mitzvah. So we're going to call 2002 my Bar Mitzvah Year. In the year of our Bar Mitzvah, Brad. Thank you. We also have a special guest with us tonight. It is a husband to the friend of the show, Hannah Shack. It's Ethan Shack. Wow. Hey. We two kings of or I just figured I'd sing since I heard someone else might sing. Keep going. Yeah, why'd you stop? You're going to make Brad look so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of Curtis to realize that the fact that you're Hannah's husband is way more important than being Curtis's brother. Amen. Amen to that. I mean, I meant it more to define him in relation to his wife instead of his being in person in his own right, but sure. <laughs> yeah, as always, you did a bad job, Kurt. Yeah. Try harder. Tear down that lifted up. <laughs> well, let's get down to brass tacks. Which is the hottest holiday mascot? Man, you're just dipping right in. <laughs> I salute our short kings, the leprechauns of St. Patrick's. Okay. So you're into that. I ain't one of my two. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be? <laughs> Do you like how angry they are? Or do you like that they hoard gold? That's, uh, I mean, okay, that's... An ugly stereotype. It's a, a media misrepresentation. Yeah, they really like cereal as their thing. If you hoard cereal, you're still a bad person. That's why I didn't choose them. I don't like that uh, tasty cereal. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> why Why are you digging up past trauma? Ryan, what, what is yours? You are strong against the leprechaun. Obviously. Uh, you know, Santa's kind of fun. It's it's hard not to pick him because he's a human. That helps a lot. When, when this was suggested as an idea, I was like, are there there other holiday mascots are there any holiday mascots that are sexy like a set of things yeah of course are you kidding i was gonna go with halloween jack skellington have you seen him have you seen the way he rocks that suit <laughs> keeps it tight a lot of leg i have two but they're all kind of weird okay you don't have to use all when you say two but all right because you definitely will get this and i'm i guarantee you curtis and ethan will get this um it is a, a mascot from a it's not a made-up holiday but there was a tv show called 30 rock and they had a leap day episode with yeah. leap day william oh. i saw i saw 30 rock I, you have no idea who Leap Day Williams is. I know who so, Leap Day Williams is. So I'm going to go with Leap Day William. Did you not grow up with Leap Day William? He lives in the Mariana Trench. He emerges every four years to trade children's tears for candy. It's an interesting pick. I don't know why, but I assumed when you started that, for some reason, you were going to say those uh, little red dot guys that were the 7-Up mascot. Oh, that's... I would do them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you guys play Cool Spot for Sega? 
where you're the character is just one of those red dots. No, no, I never had a Sega. Incredible game. Yeah, never had a Sega. You had a Sega that we played a few times. You didn't pull that game out. I think I bought Cool Spot from uh, like the CD and Game Exchange. But also, like, didn't you guys go to my orthodontist? We, it was in the waiting room. You could just play Cool Spot. Shockingly, no, we did not go to your orthodontist. You know what's funny about that? My orthodontist also had video games, but he had Mario Kart. Oh, that's slightly, slightly better than Cool Spot. Not much. <laughs> I would say for nope. my mascot. Brad's oh, got I'm another sorry. one. We're in mid-Brad's turn. Thank you. You guys are going to say it's not really a holiday mascot, but I was going to yeah. say that... Yeah, if you preface it like that, yes, we will. You're going to be like Tony the Tiger. <laughs> no, I was going to say the Tooth Fairy. Oh. Okay. I get that. Oh, that's, what an interesting yeah, one. Mind. Yeah. Because they, they give you money and, you know, fairies. Obviously, it's not a holiday mascot, but it really does yeah. fit in the same space, doesn't but, it? Yeah. When you're a child, losing a tooth is like a holiday for you, you know? It's like yeah. a big thing. Like a floating holiday. Ethan literally wrote... Was it a book or just a story you wrote about that you won like an award, didn't you? What? The fairy? What? What is award-winning writer? <laughs> Was not expecting this. Well, I'm sorry. I should have introduced you differently. I should have said award-winning writer Ethan Shuck. <laughs> I wrote. It was a book. I was like in second grade, so it what wasn't do you like mean a you wrote a book. book. What? It was like a fantasy book about like the Tooth Fairy was like a queen in the clouds and there was like wow. an army of teeth that fought plaque in the sky. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say you're did you say you're in second grade and it- I I'm so mad at Curtis. We have known you 17 years and not once did you ever tell us your brother was an accomplished writer? Why would it have come up? Your brother's an accomplished writer. You said you were in second grade and it wasn't a real book, and then you just described the wildest plot I've <laughs> ever heard. I want to know when Zack Snyder is gonna make the movie version oh yeah Yeah, absolutely there'll be no color and everything will be in slow motion i mean legit the the thing you just described you can't do that in one picture what 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 was happening over there in second grade ethan mind i mean i was uh i was driven you know and i wanted i wanted to write a chapter book even if the chapters were like a page each and that was my goal in second grade that's incredibly impressive Well, he won an award. He he literally won an award. If you did that right now, it wouldn't be nothing. It wouldn't be a non-effort. I don't think the book actually won any awards, but I, I did like a, a painting thing with the Tooth Fairy in it, depicting a scene in which she gets caught in a tornado. And what is happening? And that um, was like selected for some like young artist thing. That was, and I, I think I got a hundred dollars savings bond out of it. Why are you here, Ethan? You need to go be touring the world, showing off your works. What is happening? Ryan, I can I can answer the question. Why is he here? Because he peaked in second grade. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was the what was the name of the book? I have I have Amazon up. Let me see if it's on Amazon. Well, actually there were a couple books. And there is A couple. Well, there's one that was the, I think the first one was like the the Queen Tooth Fairy and King Cavity War and then the sequel was World War Tooth. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, the first the, the first one was a terrible name, but you're in second grade. World War Tooth yeah, is yeah. incredible. Oh, he wrote that last year. Worth it. <laughs> when I put in World War Tooth into Amazon, the first thing that came up was Into the Teeth of the Tiger. So I don't think that's it. Are we convinced Brad spelled world right? Because he didn't pronounce it right. Is that a, a GQ article about how sexy Tony the Tiger is? <laughs> should we keep going with this bit or should we just talk about Ethan's accomplishments in second grade? Because I feel like... Well, we that's really... the thing. I was mad at you because I was like, I, I almost said we should circle back to Brad and let him be the, the closer on this bit. And then you, you you pushed me into letting him go. And I'm like, now I got to... My uncle Sam answers is going to compete with Ethan's <laughs> book. 
<laughs> oh, we just, you probably could have just not went. We would have noticed. Yeah. Yeah. You just edit that part out. It's fine. <laughs> As always, your little bros outshine you. Like, we didn't have to go on to your efforts. Oh, man. Uh, well, now he's on my podcast. So, anyway. I don't know why. He's obviously a huge get, award winning author and painter, and I think a, a poet laureate or whatever. Wasn't it like printed in something? Wasn't there some kind of like compilation of children's stories or something? There was a character called Timmy the Tooth that I wrote a short story about after Ethan, those what? books. Ethan, what the fuck is happening? I, I just don't understand. <laughs> I'm still mad at Curtis. I'm a little concerned that you're a little too into teeth at this point and not a dentist. <laughs> That's a lot of works so about tooth. I was put into like an anthology of short stories by like. What is know. happening? <laughs> what age? What age? You what, didn't what read it. And it's not like it was like a big publication, but it was like something you, as a kid you could like enter into or whatever. That's impressive. I did get for a different story. I got a uh, like a participation certificate from reading rainbow contest. What? What? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. How many books have you written? What is going on? Also, what is an anthology? What's an anthology? I don't know these. Things. I'm not a. I'm not an accomplished writer. All right. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to watch a show about Frasier. A collection of stories. So, like, you can have like an anthology movie with like different stories in it, or like you have a book with different authors providing different stories. You should write a tooth movie. I'd watch that. But this also makes so much sense of why Curtis was an English major because he was always trying to be as accomplished as his younger brother. He's he always trying never to get there. Chase the high of his. Yeah, let's not undercount my great uh, childhood accomplishments. For instance, I can't even count how many free personal pan pizzas I won through Book It. Oh yeah, I don't know what is Book It. What is that? You don't know about Book It? What kind of childhood did you have? Oh, we went literate. We went to real pizza places. Literate and unfed. <laughs> unfed and unread, baby. Book it. Book it was one of the most amazing things. You would you would read books. You would get little like stickers on a board or something to like yep. measure each one you yeah, you you read, and then you would turn in your like form or whatever, and Pizza Hut would give you a free pizza. That's, that's yeah. why you're into it. You were all about that form. Oh, yeah. Question for question for all three of you: Is there any Pizza Huts near you anymore? All the Pizza Huts near me closed. There's a Pizza Hut near us, and I I can't tell if they're in business. Like I've never seen anyone go in or out it looks That's like fair. it might just be a drug front but it is there's a sign there totally fair okay we've gone from the highs of ethan's wild anthology to pizza which hut. pizza hut's closest to you so why don't we dip it into the episode i'm worried we're gonna start getting into ethan's third grade like could you imagine the things he did then <laughs> no, no no save it save it for the next episode Save for the next episode. Yeah, save something. I, I just got to say, you know, third grade, there was a dip in, in production, and I don't want to blame it all on 9-11, but... <laughs> was that third grade for you? Yes. Wow. Yeah, he's... Oh, wow. He- yeah. You, you're not a real author because of terrorism. 9-11 strikes again. Yeah. Well, I was worried about the Patriot Act and everything. Brad, congratulations. You weren't the first one to bum us out tonight. I know. <laughs> I, way to steal my thunder, Ethan. Wow. We open with Christmas lights shining down the Space Needle. To save on labor costs and increase toy sales, the local mall has started a toy drive and suckered Roz and others into volunteering as Santa and his elves. I kind of thought we were just calling it on the episode. I mean... All right, fine. Very strong tipping policy Fraser has. As you know, my tipping policy stands firmly on the twin pillars of courtesy and efficiency. But today, I shall include whimsy. Merry Christmas. Again, this is not my holiday, but why was Fraser so aggressive about Roz's Christmas outfit. Don't people dress in Christmas costumes this time of year? In 2002. Well, wait, what do you mean aggressive? At first, he's very welcoming of it. He, he like questioned it, though. He was like, why? Like, why are you no, wearing not it? At 
first. Well, he, he did ask why. Yeah. It's just Christmas. He should just accept it. I think you're right. When we first see it, it does kind of look like it's just an ugly sweater that would be at an ugly sweater party. Yeah. So that's fair. Because she's not wearing the hat or anything. No, no, no. You, you can't, At first, you can't even tell that it's the full garb. Yeah, that's fair. I know this is only the second Christmas episode so far for the pod. Uh, well, well, Ethan, maybe it isn't. Wink. <laughs> he said at Christmas time, I say let a thousand antlers bloom. I feel like that's a really inconsistent writing of the character there based on what we see in other Christmases. He, he's very um, Christmas neutral last Christmas. Doesn't really have time to express his views because he was so high. But he wasn't the one that high. He was just upset about goths that is so that was goth Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's just funny to me that it's a Christmas episode and they don't even acknowledge that he has a child. Oh, that is interesting, actually. Yeah. And there's no reason why he can't be celebrating with his father because we already know that his mother's Jewish. It's just funny that they don't even like bring it up in the whole episode. Do we know that? Yes. 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 I don't know. Do we? Yeah. It is interesting, though. I didn't consider that. Ang- I-, I just kind of assumed because we had a Freddy episode last Christmas that, or next Christmas, this podcast is confusing. <laughs> I thought maybe it's like uh, every other year thing. So maybe this wasn't his turn to have Freddy at Christmas. That's a good convenient way for them to not bother mentioning yeah <laughs> i'm guessing it'll never be his turn during christmas if i had to guess curtis my <laughs> point is all they had to say is he's spending christmas back in boston or something they didn't even address it you can't do that 10 christmas episodes in a row you might as well just ignore it if you don't have a plan yeah <laughs> we've kind of deviated from this scene and talking generally about christmas episodes in fraser and that's fine but i think the reason is because wh- whereas most episodes the first scene sets up all the plots it's like a dense scene full of stuff this is only really setting up the B-plot and there's not that much to get out of this scene. This is nothing like any Roz we've seen before. Like very sentimental, very yeah. muted maybe. She loves Christmas and obviously we'll get to that later in that I was, I was surprised just from that and then she goes into her big Santa spiel and you're like, oh, yeah, this later, is yeah. a little different lady yeah. than I'm used to. Very different. Yeah. You guys know this was coming but obviously I love they started off at the coffee shop and I, I know I've been ridiculed on the show for bringing up the coffee shop a lot and this happens to be an episode where we see lots of coffee shops um but i i wrote a little song about the coffee shop can i share it oh no oh no yeah it's it's actually a dance um, two kings. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's actually a dance but i like that curtis you've, you've broken the seal on you singing you'll just do that every episode now <laughs> if it means stopping brad from singing i'm definitely going to no this is this is it's a very quick song because i just started working on it i want to get your guys thoughts on it but this is how okay. it goes it's a dance here we go jump to the right jump to the left jump in the middle and do the coffee dance yeah it was terrible even for you it was bad when were you planning to sing my expectations were set low and wow can you either sing it or rap it harder go one or the other what is the coffee dance? you really just kind of spoke it which is difficult all right fine, wine fine, dance. fine i will sing it i will sing it here we go here we go okay great boom 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 go to the right boom boom go to the left boom boom jump in the middle and do the coffee dance do the coffee dance do the confidence. As always, a mistake for you to go high. It, it was way better, though. I really kind of liked it. I was, I was into it until that last line, yeah. yeah. The right and the left part of the coffee dance, or is the coffee dance just its own separate third step? Oh, you'll see soon. <laughs> the co- well, no, so the coffee dance, you're, you're holding a coffee cup, and you start to spill it, so the coffee dance is you splashing in coffee at the end. Which is all I do every day. Do you want me to sing it again and go low? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We do. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Jump to the right, jump to the left, jump in the middle, and do the coffee dance. Ooh, that was... Hmm. I wonder when I put those two together, will they harmonize well? My instinct was to not like it, but I think it ended up better. You didn't have to go low for the whole song, just at the end. 
Here's the thing, Brad. This is clearly an obsession of yours. And also, we're in the year of Brad's bar mitzvah now. So I think you need to keep workshopping this. We, we should hear a new line of the coffee dance co- coffee dance song. Yeah. Every time we go every to Nervosa. Episode. Yeah. How about every episode they show the coffee shop? I like yes. that. Okay, cool. It should be most of them. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Frazier and Niles bicker over who gets to host Christmas. When Marty is asked to settle it, he solicits bribes from his sons. Show of hands, who knew what a whistle bowl was? I was going to ask you, am I supposed to know what that is? I've never heard of it. Curtis and Ethan, is that a thing? Or was that made up for the show? I'm I'm really asking. It is a thing. Okay. I think I maybe learned about it from seeing this episode a long time ago. I don't think that counts. It's not a common like Christmas thing. I assume Ethan wrote a book about it in second grade. <laughs> they talked about it like it's something that everyone does. So that's why I was so confused. You know, the surprising one I thought was when Daphne came in and goes, Punch makes you want to kiss the donkey in the manger scene and Wassel makes you want to check it into the inn. <laughs> she does, she has the yes. whistle line. That one really threw me. Yeah, that's when I started thinking, okay, maybe I, as a Jew, I just don't know about this. No, no, we... we- I googled this. I, I would have guessed, because it is a Christmas punch, I would have guessed it, it comes in just a regular punch bowl. But looking online, it looks like it's more of like a giant chalice. Is this worth Googling or am I going to be annoyed that I did? You should you should Google it. All right. By the way, while we're on the subject of Wassel, it's a Christmas episode. It's that time of year. And therefore, I have prepared drink from this episode. I am currently drinking Wassel. Are wow. you? I'm going to be, oh, I'm gonna wow. be annoyed if you didn't do it at this point. I thought this would be fun. And I was a little worried because I, I looked up recipes it's involved like usually you have to get like apple cider and a bunch of other ingredients and all like, oh, like so, whole, so you were as soon as you saw apple cider you're like i am doing this whole cinnamon sticks like lots and and you have to make this they, they they're only for batches of for a party so i was like i don't know how to yeah, scale yeah, yeah, this yeah. down so i looked for the easiest possible recipe that would be repeatable and i was worried it would taste horrible because this is so very easy it's one cup apple juice quarter cup orange juice, a half a teaspoon lemon juice, two teaspoons of sugar, and eighth a teaspoon of ground cinnamon. Then you just microwave it until it's warm. Uh, I gotta tell you. Traditional microwaving. Exactly. <laughs> this, this is not traditional wassail, perhaps, but it is fucking delicious. I don't think I've ever had eggnog. Is it better than eggnog? Oh, yeah, way I'm better. Just, is, it, is it alcoholic or not? I'm sure you could add alcohol, but it's not alcoholic. Okay. I just assumed it would be with, with Daphne's line. I imagine that their version had alcohol. I wasn't even close to spelling wassail right it looks what like, did you just say it looks like I wassail did you say wassail so it's spelled yeah it's it's spelled crazy have you had eggnog I like eggnog you don't like eggnog I do oh yeah yeah is it better than eggnog it's way better than eggnog eggnog is I mean it's they're different things wait 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 put the rum in the wassail first eggnog and wassail very different things like they're not even close to the same kind of drink Oh, uh, so different categories. Yeah, crack an egg in there. See how that goes. Eggnog is good, but I can only have a small amount of it before I'm just like done. This I could drink all night. How many have you had so far? Halfway through this one. And I'm thinking about making another. You don't think you're calling it early? I don't. I, by this much of an eggnog, I'd be like done. A half a cup of eggnog, I'm like, oh, I'm this is I'm about to crush 10 of these. And then by the end of it, it's like, yeah, I probably never have to have that the rest of the season. Okay. On Discord, <laughs> I use the name N Hungarian Goose. Did no one hear me say that I have ordered an Hungarian Goose? Which you are more than welcome to bring over to our place. It's not my date, it's dinner! What? And I got it the whole time. Wait, this scene or the next scene? It's this scene. Well, yeah, he mentions it twice. He mentions it twice in the scene. I was going to say, later in the scene is still the scene. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, this is a long scene. This is the longest scene of the episode, that is true, right? Yes. I I actually usually find it annoying when people use the the word Anne in front of an H word, but the way he says Anne Hungarian Goose is very funny to me. It was more annoying but it was very funny. Is this the first time that we learned the name of Niles' building? 
the Montana? I think so. I, I might have made a note of that, too. Okay. I didn't know what we yeah. were talking about there, so I guess so. Yeah, that's the name of the building he lives in, the Montana. Spoiler alert. It's not a spoiler. You just had to pay attention. To- <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Basic context in the episode. That's not, that's not fair. <laughs> you guys don't understand basic context. Upside down. There, there's a couple of these moments in this episode. I wonder if Ryan has picked up on There's, there's another one in this scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan, did you did you pick up on the? Uh... Yeah, I picked up on single deck blackjack. How exciting no, no. would that be? <laughs> no, I'm talking about. They mentioned how long Daphne and Niles have been married. Yes. Uh, no, I didn't get that. Are we allowed to tell you since you've seen the episode, yeah. or because you missed it, we aren't allowed? For his rules, if he didn't know it, it is a spoiler. Ethan gets it. Why don't you guys get it? Well, I'm not an award winning author. What? <laughs> What was the quote? Let's hear the. I probably won't get it if you requote it. It is our first Christmas as a married couple. You know what? I I just missed that that he said that. Wow! Like you heard the words, you just didn't process. No, them. no, no. Like I missed like one or two words in the sentence, and then came back to the end of the sentence. How do you watch this episode? <laughs> Cor was in the room for that one. She was asking me a question, and I'm just like happened to miss uh, that half of the line. He's been watching the episodes backwards as well, which is wow. really set the retention down. Very satanic. Of course, Fraser would get mad about not being able to host because he's you know he needs to be in charge of everything we can't talk about it in this scene because he addresses it later and it's it's such an interesting thing well uh, what we can address is they're fighting over in this scene uh who gets to host and what what struck me as odd is they ask at some point there's the idea thrown out why don't we split it up we do morning one place dinner yes. other place and what's strange to me is that they both want christmas morning but Frazier just went on and on about how he's got an and hungarian goose is that not is that like a breakfast item now that was no. that was a big question for mine. I I was literally going to ask you guys: Do some people have like full meals for breakfast? Like that's literally what I was thinking. Well, that's what our family does. Actually, Christmas morning is the event. He explicitly says it's dinner. Christmas is one of the few days of the year where the dinner, even if you have a very nice fancy dinner, that's not the main event. Christmas has oh, a, a morning event that is the big show. It's about the game. I, I get why they both wanted the morning. It just strikes me as odd that he put that much effort and put that much emphasis on his dinner and then didn't want to post dinner. Yeah, they overlooked that. You can move the goose. You can't move Christmas morning. Okay. Marty's useful for, I think, the first time all season. Probably all show. When he comes out and de- defines a whistle for us. Whistle! A Christmas punch! That's great. Oh, that oh, was a I, great moment. The books, book closing, just boom. So good. I love the way they do it, too. They're not, they don't, like, dress it up. They're not, like, he's not like, oh, I'm going to go look up what this word is. He just comes out and says it because that's about the time where you're like, what the fuck is Wussel? <laughs> <laughs> I also like Niles' line. The Yule Tones are the bad boys of Renaissance Christmas music. Yeah, is also, is Christmas Renaissance music an actual thing? I mean, presumably. Who knows? Okay, cool. Even if you're a big caroler, I don't think you have to worry about the... What's a Wussel normally? Is it wooden or is it glass? What, what are these normally made out of? These chalices? You finally Googled it? Yeah, I see mostly wood. It seems like wood yeah so I'm, I'm not too worried about what they're caroling. i think they're ceramic though they're kind of shiny oh if it's ceramic then it's toast the bad boys at yuletide are fucking it up yeah what's a churl because marty does not come out and define that <laughs> but they say it a lot <laughs> once again you could google it but what is a churl curtis you're an english major you should know these yeah, things I'm, I'm googling it give me a minute <laughs> <laughs> An impolite or mean-spirited person, but that's boring. That's not the one I like. Uh, the one I like, and it's labeled as archaic, is a person of low birth, a peasant. You said it's archaic. It's like, yeah, this other one's so hip. And then you say that, it's like, oh, yeah, low birth. That's pretty archaic. At the mall, Frazier gives Roz a toy for the tots, and she reveals that for Santa, she has the hots. Yeah, Superman Santa. What? Dean Kane. The actor that played Superman is Dean Kane, who played Superman in Superman... 
the TV show. That's not what it was called. Is that who's played by Santa? Is that what you're? He's is he in this episode? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. Why are you Why are you addressing that here? Why don't you do it when his whole face is shown later? Because you can tell by the voice. Whatever. Did you guys like his kids going to see Santa in uh in department stores and malls? No. Before that, I want you to answer what you what your thoughts on Santa. Don't you have a Santa story? Yeah. So I loved going to Santa Claus in department stores. What? But I'll tell you why. It's it's a very Brad reason. I liked to sit on Santa's lap and tell him how I was Jewish and didn't believe it. That is actually really wow. Yeah. Wow. And what, some Santas, what, age, what age did you start doing this? Like thirty one. Why was your mom encouraging this? Why was she taking you to Santa? She would get so embarrassed. <laughs> why would she? Why would she wait in line to do that then? But wait, there's more. At least the Santa Claus is near me. If you would go to his lap, they'd give you like a little gift or something, like a little like toy. That's atypical, I would say. I would say to the Santa Claus, I don't believe in you, but can I get the toy? Nice. That's what I used to say to the dentist. Like it's usually <laughs> like a candy cane or something. Yeah, sorry, yeah. There's no, You're right. There's it's no usually way I was doing this at seven years old. This had to be Brad at like 16, 17, right? <laughs> well, at least we know he hadn't learned how to put on socks. Ooh, nice throwback. Nice throwback. Also probably not true. He said 15, but I don't, I, I think he, <laughs> I think it was really like 25. I, whoa, 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 whoa. I said 16. Please give me full credit. Sure. I bet he still has to really think about it every time he puts them on. Definitely that. No comment. Ethan, you've missed <laughs> no a lot. Comment. Brad doesn't know how socks work. If, you know what? I You don't have to explain it. He can listen to the podcast. Yeah. Not to derail this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Frazier. I did just want to make note of the fact that Roz says his name is Rick. Like so sultry <laughs> for Rick. And I think she dated a Rick before, not to spoil, but I think we've had a Rick for her already. Immediately spoils. Uh, I, I think, you know, Ricky, Rick, that was a pretty popular name at the time. A lot of hot guys had Rick. I get it. Oh, I yeah. think Rick does sound like the name of a hunk. I don't know about now, but in 2002, Not now, I'm, yeah. saying, I'm saying 2002. I'm saying the year yeah, yeah. Of, of Brad's bar mitzvah. Of Brad's bar mitzvah. <laughs> bet, Thank you. I bet he invited a Rick just for the hunkiness. I'm trying to think if there's a Rick in my bar mitzvah. I'll have to look at the uh, at my bar mitzvah list. Do you still have it? Is that something people keep? No idea. Um, we're not even close to my bar mitzvah month just wait till we get to april 2002 that's my bar mitzvah month i really enjoyed the exchange this is another dancing santa for dad his other one got damaged i thought you threw that thing off the balcony yes which damaged it obviously that's a spoiler for us in the upside down what's that spoiler if they say it in the episode as the show they've they spoiled it for us now now i know this is going to happen they also told you when uh, they got married and you didn't notice that so well i heard this whole line this time curtis what do you want from me Curtis, and even I have watched the episodes twice sometimes to make sure we catch everything. Probably something you should start doing. Oh, I stopped doing that. Yeah, some days I only do about half. <laughs> really risky business out of Roz getting into a guy before she's seen him out of the fat suit uh, or, you know, whatever he's wearing, the big baggy clothes. I thought that was interesting. I assumed he was going to be fat. Love the way that we took this episode. A little disappointed that nothing materialized from the little elf fight they set up. That just goes away after this scene. For like, There was no yeah. reason we had to do it. It's just to be funny, but it wasn't funny. You can pay it off easy. There's plenty of time to pay it off. It's it's yeah. teed up that she's basically working with a teenager. And why would the teenager be into the old man dressed as Santa? Yeah. Ah, teenagers get into, they're into guys that are older. That's fine. I don't know. You could do something with it. They choose not to. So why even bother bringing it in? Yeah. But it did feel like we really packed a lot into this episode. It's not like, it, you know, we had yes. a lot of free time. It's weird that they took a moment to really harp on it. Yeah, that's true. Like I'm doing now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
Back in the coffee shop, Frazier confronts Niles about currying favor from Marty. Fed up with their bickering, Marty decides to work Christmas rather than spend it with them. Sometimes watching the two of them argue with each other and compete with each other is so stupid. Transition. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Guess the scene's over. <laughs> it's not uncommon for Frazier to have like a sentimental moment or like a touching scene. But this episode hits it again. They did it first with Roz and now they're doing it again with Frazier explaining why it's so important to him to have Christmas. And I I like when they do that. Yeah, I, th- I think it was great because, like, they could just play him as, you know, immature and snooty and needs everything and they do. to be about himself. And they do. But but the fact that they were like, oh, let's have, let's have him break down the motive for why he's being, you know, so up in Niles' business about this specifically. I thought, I thought that really uh, helped sell it. It was a nice mix between sentimental and still funny. Like, mm-hmm. he's being funny. It's a funny reason. And it's all true. And it makes sense for all of the motive of the episode. Like, it was, it was great. Right. Yeah, this is them at the best. And even while he's being aware, he'll still, like, I smell skullduggery afoot. Yes, <laughs> that's a good Curtis? line. Curtis, can you define that for us as well? Absolutely. Skullduggery is... When you dig up skulls, I believe. If Frazier was asked to define skullduggery, I think that this is how he would answer, and it would it would almost not make it any clearer. This says, underhanded or unscrupulous behavior. Trickery. Curtis, can you define unscrupulous? We There's only one layer to that rabbit hole, buddy. We're not going any deeper. <laughs> I love Frazier's Copernicus line. Copernicus called, and you are not the center of the universe. Oh, yeah. One of the most famous or, or at least popular lines among fans. It's a big oh, one. Yeah. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but that's exciting. I get to see one of the big ones. It's very clever. And for season 10, that's pretty good. It's solid, and it's like it's not smart enough where I was completely lost, like some of his right. stupid shit. Yeah. It, was very, it was very approachable, but also fun. This has got to be the most stacked scene, I think, in terms of jokes, because we also get Niles telling on Frasier for having broken the dancing Santa and the way Marty is upset about it. That Santa never did anything to hurt you. All he ever did was dance and try to make people happy. Yes, yes. All right, Dad. Why'd you do All right. I just love that line. It's delightful. How he is so sadly delivers that you've ruined Christmas. You know, I was I was annoyed with that line and then when everyone starts booing him, I'm like, yes, we all need to boo Frasier more. Yes. So in this episode, it's very clear that Marty is a big Christmas fan. Did we notice that in season 11? I can't remember like him being that big of a... We did not notice that. No, in season 11, the kind of indication that he's really into Christmas is that Frasier comes home and finds that Marty has decorated the apartment and it looks like a Christmas village. As an upside down, you know, not that deep into the series, it was like, oh, he's just an old man who has nothing to do. Sure. That episode didn't feel nearly as much like a Christmas episode as this one does. It was a great episode. There was a lot of fun stuff, but it wasn't Christmas. Yeah, you're right. This is a very true, like, episode. As Brad would know. (laughs) Yes, the expert. Marty gets an apology from his sons at the building where he works security. They secretly scheme to have their celebration with him there. We get so many weird bits for the Upside Down here. The fact that Marty works uh, real people hours is a real shock. As you guys know, the last and only time we've seen him work so far is it's the night shift. Right. It's interesting because this episode has him working a holiday, or intending to anyway. Well, it's really interesting because his boss really takes pity and just lets him not work the holiday, which doesn't feel like you can make that call, but whatever. We were not in that scene yet, but it is true, and it is funny Wild. That, that that would be a thing. You could just say, we're not going to open that day. Like We don't even know what this building does. Like No idea. Who's supposed to be going in 
and out of that building. If they can close, we're either going to pay this guy double or we'll just close the whole building. That's what I was confused at first, because at first when like we're in the building, I'm assuming it's like an apartment building. That's kind of the vibe I got. And then it clearly wasn't. Well, so then you got to like think that his manager really pulled a big maneuver for him. But then like the next time he works, his manager's basically trying to force him out of his job like by making him work the night shift. You so think his, his boss really probably wild. got heat for having closed on Christmas and he blames Marty and that's why he's so eager to I get have, rid of him. I have to assume his boss got fired. You can't just mm. do that just because it's a Christmas magic or whatever. I did like how his boss seemed like after he gave his one line in the scene and then Marty goes off. I always notice him in the background because he keeps looking up and looking confused at Niles and Frazier. Like he's listening to them or something. But it I goes thought for sure the- he was going to have a line where he was going to say, hey guys, I'll help you out with your little scheme. Like I thought for sure he was going to be involved. Maybe they cut it. At some point did it feel like he was just a bad background actor and that they weren't going to address it at all? Like for at first you notice it, you're like he's listening, that's going to be a plot point and then they don't address it till the very end. You're like, oh man, did they? was he just the worst actor ever? <laughs> Not at all surprised that Marty is a small child and wants to be the first one to open presents. That tracks with what we've seen. Frazier's yeah. whimsy voice. Can't you just see us casually stopping by on Christmas morning? Hello dad! Merry Christmas! Oh, it's such a shame that you have to spend Christmas Hello? What's this, I spy? A present for Martin? That's not for me. Those are fake. Well, here's another one. And one for Niles. And one for Daphne. Oh, jeez, it's a miracle! He sounds like a strange child, and I find it odd, but enjoyable. When Niles is impersonating Marty, it's like, you've never even met your dad. (laughs) I did like that exchange. Is that his sense of whimsy, or is that his sense of just everything going right in the world? Which, of course, will never happen. Obviously, when they're talking about this whole idea that they have, my first thought was, no way this works out well. I thought we were setting up for, like, a Santa moment for a little bit, where they were going to be, like, coming down a chimney. And then, for a little bit, I was like, oh, maybe we're going to do a Grinch thing where there's, they get caught stealing presents and then neither of that materialized. Let's say, you know, they did, they stole the boxes. That's still stealing from a place. Like, they're committing a crime just to just to do something nice for their dad in a really yeah, weird way. Yeah, it's probably like uh, under $5 crime. Like, it's a misdemeanor. No one really cares. How cheap do you think bricks are? We don't know that they're actually bricks. We never saw it get opened. Yeah, and we That's haven't true. gotten to that scene, but it is interesting that in order to make it seem realistic that the presents would be, you know, not just empty boxes, they had to make a line that they're filled with bricks, which is just such a strange thing to do if they're fake peasants. If you were filling them with bricks, that would be a deterrent for anyone that's got, you know, that's a Christmas Scrooge and went to kick the gifts. I suppose. They mentioned, by the way, the Thanksgiving Accord of 2002, which was presumably the agreement that led to their their Christmas plans. I guess we find out that Thanksgiving was held at Niles's place, so it must have been part of that Thanksgiving Accord of 2002. I love that it would have happened like literally a month and a half ago, and Niles refers to it by the year. I hadn't done the year math, but I assumed that that was a joke. I'm now very curious to find out if we're getting that in like two episodes. Well, because he said it like it was such a long time ago. And then Curtis and I, because we have brains, think about it and realize, oh, it was only a month before. Curtis didn't think of that. Unlike Ryan, who had no idea what year it is. No one else thinks about years like you. That's true. I do love years. Santa Rick turns out to be a Superman, but Roz has no interest. She would rather get her paws on the claws. Santa Claus was played by Superman actor Dean Kane from the TV show Lois and Clark. I thought it was called Superman, the TV show. I messed up that whole entire thing (laughs) twice. You weren't doing a dumb joke? No, you really don't know Dean Cain. Well, the first time you said it, it didn't even sound like you were saying the right thing. Dean Cain. Dean Cain. Okay. Let's all go say Dean Cain a few times. 
I thought you were saying Dean King, which also doesn't help. I don't know old actors. Honestly, even as I saw him, I wrote, is that somebody? Doesn't <laughs> Dean Kane sound like he writes thriller novels? Sounds like he would write about tooths. I did almost write Dean Koontz when I was <laughs> making my notes about this episode. This is uh, another scene that is, it's just delightful. Like, I love when we get Roz and Daphne together. They're they are a great pair. I was, what do you mean when? This is the first time it's ever happened. <laughs> I do enjoy their interaction. And it really is, they, they play it well, where Roz is just very subtly showing complete disinterest in this, you know, financial investment banker who's really successful and attractive and like should be right up her alley and is clearly interested in her. And she just doesn't care a wink for him because what she really likes is him as Santa Claus. This is Daphne's shining achievement so far for the whole show. <laughs> She's on fire. If you'd have told me we had a uh, Roz and Daphne scene for real, I wouldn't have guessed it was so one-sided in favor of Daphne. Oh my God, you're in love with Santa Claus. No, I'm not. Admit it. You want the jelly belly. Okay, don't be gross. You want to bang boots with the big boy. I gotta get to work. You want to get your paws on the claws, it's more like it. Stop it, Daphne. It's enough. One more. You're a ho, ho, ho. Oh my God, she goes she hard. hard. Sometimes <laughs> when they when they do something like this, where they're like just uh, shooting out a, a list of alts, like sometimes it's, it's just like, w- the first one was better. Like just pick the best one. We don't need to hear all these shitty versions. Every one of these is, is worthwhile. I know, I get why they included all of them. Well, the payoff's really good. They set it up really well. Rare that we get the B-plot set up so well. Absolutely. Niles has brought the fake gifts from under the lobby tree to swap with their real presents. Daphne tries to distract Marty to middling success. Chaos ensues when the gifts get mixed up. So we think this scene happens on Christmas Eve, I guess? Presumably. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, yeah that, I would think is so. That, is that true? Why, why do you think that? Because they, we, know, we know they go back to the place and it's locked. And if it's not Christmas Day, then we know they could just go in the next day and solve all the issues. Wait a minute. So the way I read this was this happened at some point before Christmas. And then the next a few scenes from now, when they have Christmas Day, that's Christmas Day. But I don't know why this scene has to come on christmas eve oh because they don't know that yeah okay okay yeah they're, right. they're, they're putting the presents under the other tree and bringing the other presents to their tree because presumably for at least a few days they have to put on the appearance that the presents are correct in both places they want marty knowing there does seem to be a sense of urgency about it though like oh if we don't do it now we're not gonna have another chance from the manager or whatever well, that's true how early do you get the presents out that's a good point my favorite bit from this scene is the Christmas village of while they're trying to figure out the presents. Fraser trying to fish for a compliment. Love that line. Of are so poorly laid out. It's, it's fun that, that he's fishing for the compliment and even more fun that Niles is being so petty about it. And also that Daphne is the one that is that points out like are you going to keep fighting over your Christmas village? Yeah, she knows. She knows what the, like clearly Niles has been complaining she about knows. this for weeks. Well, wait, Ryan, did you hear did you hear what I Daphne did. said this, when this she is walked a big- in? This is a big reveal for us that Daphne lived here at one point, which makes no sense for the room layout. I'm so glad you picked up on that, but somehow missed everything. I heard the whole line. I heard the whole line this time. Also, again, are we, we're just never using this room anymore. It just goes to waste after this scene. Yeah. You probably didn't even know it was a two bedroom or three bedroom. I definitely don't think, and why is Marty and Frazier living next door to each other when there's a whole nother wing to the apartment? Well, they seem like some people that they're not going to move rooms. 
seems that doesn't sound like why wouldn't marty be next to daphne because presumably she had to she was so vital to his life there's only one bedroom back where daphne's room is right yeah that should be that's no be he's saying he's saying fraser's room well because fraser's room is the big room you don't think fraser's gonna give up the nice room with the bed that can just sit in the middle of the room <laughs> well but you have to understand ryan's never seen inside of them so he has no idea what it's in I haven't seen enough of Fraser's room to think that it's worthwhile. It has it has its own bathroom. I assume the other wing does. The other one can have a, its own bathroom. No, it right? just has the powder room. <laughs> powder room. It's been, you know what? I didn't even realize till you said it. I've been deprived. I, I missed the powder room. We haven't gone. We haven't visited in a long time. If, if fans think season 10 is a subpar season of Frasier, but they can't quite put their finger on why, the answer is not enough powder room. I haven't visited that sweet, sweet half bath. <laughs> Another uh, bit that I enjoy is when they're, you know, trying to get the, the presents and they keep grabbing the wrong presents. They, they, they're not coordinating well with the presents. They, they wind up putting all of the presents under the tree. And that's yeah. when Marty kind of comes running out. They make an excuse that they were trying to make them look fuller by rearranging them. And Marty's like, wow, it looks like twice as many. Niles like fluffing the air to say like, oh, we rearranged them. It looks fuller now was such a great moment. And that Marty's, the, the, what a great line when he's just like, put it back the other way and show me how you did that <laughs> yeah, and they all just dead stare at him. <laughs> i assume that you know how we've secretly surmised that daddy dies early on either this season or early next season it's clearly because marty feeds him way too much nog right that's I'm why sorry, he has to go. what i'm not good for dog what which part? is this what is this theory you know how we've talked about how daddy probably dies he doesn't make it through all of uh fraser in fact in multiple episodes we've assumed he died but we're going backwards what are you talking about yeah so all of his health problems start because marty gives him nog which there's no way that's good for a dog i assume he doesn't have health problems he died because he ate a ring and a vet murdered him i don't know that he murdered him Maybe the complications were due to Nog. Ryan, that was your most convoluted year you've ever had. Ryan, I think you should go back and listen to this podcast because I don't think you yes. have any idea what we have been why we've been calling him Daddy all this time. Because he died of probably Nog-related complications. I understand everything. Oh, boy. And Fraser blames Nog in this scene. It's actually a tough look for Eggnog. And Wassel had rising stock from the beginning, so... This is a big episode for winter drinks. You got Wassel, you got Nog. It's a bad episode for Nog. And then suddenly, Dr. Bashir is telling me he has to cut my leg off. Nog comes off looking terrible. You just wait till we get Coco. A lot happens in this one. Man, he is butthurt about Coco. I, that's not this scene, is it? But yeah. I'll wait. This isn't the first time that camera's given as a gift, I don't believe. Already in the upside down is that true i know well i think they do it in the croc episode which maybe they're referring oh. to this one i don't know because uh, that was obviously a very confusing episode for us yeah it's possible that episode's better if you know what the inside jokes are maybe who knows still shouldn't have been fourth last episode whatever but i think it's come up again like i think this is at least the third time giving a camera as a gift has come up already in two seasons. Well, I mean, they broke this camera. Maybe they break all of them. Maybe they're just bad with cameras. It's still usable. If duct tape fixes it, you know, it's fine. Okay, th here's a question, though. Again, not to jump around, but we, you know, in this scene, we're introduced to the idea that there's a camera. We find out that it gets broken. They have to use duct tape to fix it. Marty says, don't use the brown duct tape. Yeah. Which <laughs> he thinks I don't idiots. think exists. No, I don't think brown duct tape even exists. It's different colored duct tape out there, yeah. Not but, brown, but though. My, my, my point is that at the end of the episode, we're going to see that Fraser opens it and seems genuinely excited. He doesn't look like fake Fraser happy. He seems genuinely excited about the camera. And I'm just wondering, do you think Fraser's the kind of man who would be caught dead using a camera with duct tape on? 
on it. No, no. no. And I don't know what would have happened. Kind of want to say they swapped, but they couldn't have. So right. maybe they just left the piece off. Did a quick Google image on uh, brown duct tape and, oh, it exists. No results. That's crazy. Oh, you said it exists. Okay. Very nice. <laughs> well, Ryan, what show are you on today? We get our first title card. Merry Christmas, Steve. Marty surprises the family by being home for Christmas after all. With no gifts under the tree, the only thing worse would be no Coco. I need to talk about something here. The title card, Merry Christmas, Steve, is in reference to Niall saying that Fraser needs to give something called a shout out to Steve <laughs> Gomez. Oh, nice. now, that's right. For those Obviously. Breaking Bad fans out there, you'll recognize that Steve Gomez is the name of Hank's partner. Oh. And, and for fans of this podcast, they will remember on my last appearance in Some Assembly Required, Dale Dickey, the woman who lived in the Habitat for Humanity house, she was in Breaking Bad as a meth addict. And this, I think, is uh, corroborating the idea that Frasier exists in the Breaking Bad universe and that woman mm. had a had a fall wow. from grace. That led to that uh, meth addiction. Big reveal. Good work. Good work. This is- wow. This, yeah. this is such a bad look for Kenny, uh, your brother, because he's obsessed with coming on for all of the Star Trek references, but Ethan comes on for all of the Breaking Bad references. Big win for you, Ethan. You're goddamn right. I'm an accomplished author, so <laughs> I don't even need this. I'm sure you wrote a book about the Breaking Bad that won a lot of awards. There's no reason to to believe that these two worlds can't exist as one. I think that makes sense. Obviously, they're happening in different different parts of the country, but... Excited to see if there are other Breaking Bad actors that are going to show Very up curious. on the show. There's a good chance Cranston shows up. The question is, will will it be believable that he was a chemistry teacher? My wife, Hannah Schecht, um, she did want to throw in there... I hope that, that even at home you refer to her with her full name. <laughs> this is for the audience. This is completely <laughs> for the, the long-time listeners out there, big uh, Hannah stands that she loves Martin's bedhead in this scene and thinks it's very cute and that the hair department did a very good job on that. Didn't notice at all because I was really distracted by his upsetting love for Coco. I thought maybe we weren't talking about hot Coco. I still am not 100% sure we were. Of course he was talking about hot Coco. Of course it was hot Coco. Don't be Do you guys, you guys call it just Coco? It, it, it could be called just Coco, yeah. But has anyone ever called I it I mean, that? I have I, I have never called it that, which is surprising because I love to say weird things, but it, it wasn't implausible. I've called it just Coco before. I mean, I don't know if it's the time to say hot chocolate or something. Chocolate. Are you also the first one to open gifts on? Uh, you are the youngest. That would make sense. Um, I mean, I guess I don't really remember when we were kids. It, like, I think we all just kind of went in our piles. Oh, yeah. When we were kids, it was a free You remember trial. every book you ever wrote, but you don't remember if you were the first one opening the presents. I mean, I don't have I don't time for those types of things yet. <laughs> I don't buy it. I feel confident saying he couldn't possibly know because it was a tornado of unwrapping. Like there was no, there was no order to it. There was no. Wait, you're telling me you, Curtis Shack of all people, didn't follow order and decorum when it comes to opening presents. You didn't take your turn doing one at a time. Not only that, I I remember uh, one year. That's stunning. One year the presents were all mixed under the tree, and you had to like find your name before you could open it. And I I thought that was fun. I liked that, but nobody else liked it. So from then on. It was, we'd have piles of just like all your things in one pile that you wouldn't get them good views. So I wanted even more chaos. But what I do recall is opening gifts too fast when I was younger and then like getting older and being like, I got to pace myself because otherwise the Christmas is over too soon. (laughs) (laughs) This is why Frazier and Niles both wanted it in the morning. You don't want Christmas to be over too soon. Uh, A friend of mine who 
does listen to this podcast and will be hearing this. I don't know if she wants to be shouted out. So let's just say this. She has some opinions about Brad and how much he talks about himself. <laughs> but um, she, she told me once. down, please. She told me once. For the record, that doesn't exclude my wife. <laughs> she told me once that what her family did, did was. Can you just spit it out already? Did she tell you once? What she told me once is that, <laughs> yeah, when she was a kid, they would open presents one at a time and then play with that present until they lost interest and then they would move on to the next present that's crazy that's real this wouldn't end for like two weeks she wasn't an only child so it wasn't like just her opening one playing with it moving on if you're an only child even if you're like an adult that's kind of crazy wait so how many times did she tell you this she told you it twice right (laughs) well that broke me I guess we'll talk about Frazier now. One of the lines I really enjoy is where he grabs the book. It's filled with a brick. So he says, ooh, it's heavy. And he says, I think that means it's a good one. What do you mean he grabbed a book? Did I say book? Yeah, you said book, you idiot. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) When he grabs the present and he says, it's heavy, it must be a good one, unless it's a book. I thought that was a great line. We know how he truly feels. He's such a kid. He's such a little child. Mm-hmm. And this scene is, I mean, again, doesn't want to get a book, is devastated that, that Coco isn't around, which I don't understand what why Coco wasn't around. Why did they need gifts to have Coco? I think it was just a Christmas Yeah, tradition. just have some Coco ready for the gifts. I don't still don't get the problem. Make some cocoa for the road. On on Marty being a kid at Christmas. Um, oh, every day, every day. It's just really bad today. In the earlier scene, it talked about how there's some sentimental and moments, and they had another one when Fraser and Niles were at Marty's work, and and Niles was talking about how you know you can tell he especially misses mom at Christmas. Like there's a lot of moments in this episode. Yeah, this one that one benefited because Marty wasn't around. All of them, I think, benefit because Marty's not around. They're either having. <laughs> nice sentimental moments or you got a small child who's really old very annoying well I hate hey, marty. marty marty isn't marty is involved in one of those moments when he kind of forgives them for having bickered and then very kind of solemnly says i can't go back on it i already said i'd work so i gotta work sorry like i like the way he says that one too yeah no his his sentimental moments in the next scene the family stands outside the building but it is locked tight this is marty's big scene where he pats both of his sons on the shoulder and then we all get to go home thank you for summing up the scene because that's well, what it- I did wish that I wish that they did break in. There's a good button to say that the bricks are wrapped up under the tree. Yes, that was a great line. And it's it's one way to call it back to it. Yeah, or we could have just broken in with them. Like we could have showed not told, you know? We spent all the budget on getting Dean Kane. What's Dean got to do with it? <laughs> you can't break a window. We do love Dean Kane. It's Boxing Day at Marty's work where they have gathered to open the presents. He disrobes to reveal his uniform and returns to his desk. I liked the touch of showing that the camera was in fact covered in tape. Yeah, I did like yeah. that. I, I like when they go full circle with the joke. This is one of the better ones. Well, it ties into the episode nicely. It it kind of completes the circle on the story that we've been given. It makes sense to be silent. It's not like filled with jokes or laugh out loud moments, but it doesn't need to. Yeah, I think it's good. Nice button. Yeah. Ethan, why don't you tell me if you thought this was a good episode? I had it on my list. Where does this fit in the 51? I think the only thing I really remembered from watching it years ago before making the list was was just the the hijinks of mixing up the presents. I always thought that was very fun. There's 
a lot in this that really, really holds up and makes it, I think, maybe not my favorite of the Frasier Christmases, but uh, a very worthwhile one. I love the Christmas village. I love and Hungarian Even goose. though it was laid out so poorly. <laughs> exactly. Um, the Wassel is great. There was a lot of praise for the You're in Love with Santa Claus scene. Maybe the part of the episode I'm not as into, but um, it's still like well done. And uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely a fan of this one. I think it's a great uh, Martin episode and I don't understand uh, the Martin hater that is present. I just don't like all the things he says and does. That's all. How much of your hate of Marty is an ongoing bit and how much is you genuinely still don't like him as a character. Literally, none of it's a bit. No, I don't. I'm not even... I'm probably pulling punches. Open your heart. Open your heart. He's I don't get I better and better. do not understand the appeal. I don't get it okay. at all. I don't, I don't know if things are going to change like as we go through the first, first nine seasons, but it makes no sense why you guys like him. Even one iota right now. Ethan, do you have a rating for this episode? In fact, I would maybe recommend giving it a 1 to 51 stars or something. Like, use the 51. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, it, definitely. Yeah, I'll give it a Dean Kane out of 51. And I think we all know what oh, that nice. is. Is it a Roz <laughs> Dean Kane or is it uh, everyone else? How sanctified is the Dean Kane? Full, full of jelly, Dean Kane. Whoa. Talk about sex appeal. Brad, what about you? I have not been a big fan of the last couple episodes, but this one I really, really liked. I thought it was funny. I thought it gelled well. I thought it was overall pretty good. So I'm going to give it a A minus. Okay. That's pretty good. I think that, yeah. that might be your highest rating you've given. Oh, it's it's one of my favorites. Uh, Curtis, what did you think of this episode? Even though I've seen the whole series, I feel more like an upside downer because of how much fresher the last parts of the series are than the first parts at this point. And so far, I got to say, I think this show is particularly good at Christmas episodes. And I think yeah. this one has a lot of heart to it, which I really enjoy when Frasier does that. And I know this will shock Anna Paul Ryan, but I'm ranking this number one out of 38. This is shot to my favorite episode. I thought real hard about it. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> what, what is it supplanting? Well, uh, it's, it's supplanting it's the, the last other Christmas, Christmas episode. episode. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. okay. No. No, he's just lazy with his ratings. I don't know if I could top the the high episode, but then I I just thought like, which one do would I want to put on it at Christmas, and which one would I want to watch again? And it's the one that's a little bit heartwarming, and then that's this one. So I love this episode. Ryan, tell me why I'm wrong. Um, you, I don't I don't fully disagree. I I'm gonna end up giving this an eight eight. Uh, so not the highest. That's crazy. But the best scene happens with the B plot. So there's no way it's going to win out over some of the episodes we've seen. Uh, definitely de- best Daphne episode. Marty's used way too much for it to get into the nines. Um, we saw Deddy, so that's a knock. Storyline's not too bad. I agree they do Christmas episodes well, but like the other one wasn't Christmas. This one was. So they've shown us different flavors. That's exciting. It's definitely on the yeah. higher end. Yeah, it's, it's nice that they're hitting different notes, even though it's still very much a Christmas episode. Brad, more than any of us, is an expert on Christmas traditions. As such, he has prepared a list of them for us to ponder. We have to decide, is it a real tradition people actually practice, or simply a good idea we should all adopt? It's the Santa Claus, a bull. Ho, ho, ho from the Jew, Jew, Jew. Alrighty, this is how this game is going to work. I'm going to a- ask you guys a group of questions. Through a wind tunnel? Okay, one question at a time. In a wind tunnel, correct. You guys work together to make a guess. If you're right, we'll get Brad Bucks. Okay, if you're wrong, you're going to get ridiculed. Brad Bucks can be redeemed once a year on February 30th, okay? And Brad Bucks can be used for trips, airplane rides, uh, horses, camels, 
and uh, exotic pets. Wait, what do we get if we get it wrong? You get ridiculed. Oh, ridiculed. Here's the first one. In Norway, all the brooms in a house are hidden based on a superstition that witches play with them. That sounds fake as shit. That, that sounds like bad shitty writing. <laughs> it doesn't even sound like Christmas. It sounds like Halloween. I don't even think it addressed Christmas. So yeah, hundred percent fake. <laughs> Ethan, do you do you want to dissent? You 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 give a, vo- a vote. I, I don't I don't feel strongly enough to to fight you, the. Ethan, you get two votes. So if you, you you could tie it up. 50-50. You could deadlock us. Okay, I'll use one vote for yes and one vote for no. So it's still a no. It's a false. So you're you're gonna be right no matter what. So you guys you guys said um, false. I am so disappointed in the three of you. You celebrate this holiday and you can't even get it right. What are you what are we talking about? You you should know all this Christmas stuff. The fact that you guys don't know this is unacceptable and irresponsible. I cannot believe you guys got this one wrong. <laughs> a talking to is not the same. No, thing this is not your time. Not ridicule. It's not a ridicule. This is not your man. time to talk. It is it is not your time to talk. It is my time to talk, and I'm very disappointed. In you Okay, great job, guys. You guys have done a really good job so far. Great job, great job. Okay. In Italy, Bafana, the witch delivers the presents to children who have been good. And with witches. What is with the witches on this list? It's 100% real. When I was an accomplished author in second grade, I did a puppet play with Santa and Bafana, the Christmas witch, which is, yeah, the Italian tradition. This is this is a real one. I'm you know, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I respect that you're saying that this tradition is a real tradition. Are you saying your reason for knowing it is also real? Yeah. Your second grade life really is that important to this episode of our podcast how is that possible we could not have planned that i don't know i don't know it just came, it just happened that way. You went to Italy recently. I thought for sure you'd be like, I was just in Italy. This is a tradition they celebrate. And no, it was you were going back to second grade again. Your greatest year. They're very big on Christmas in in Napoli, but uh, but I nobody talked about the Christmas witch while we were there. Ethan, I just feel bad that um, I didn't get a chance to warn Hannah before she married you that she was going to get all of your second tier years. <laughs> yeah, that it's over for me. Second grader of the year, Ethan Shack. <laughs> Whatever that year was, yes. So are we saying true? true? Yeah. Are you guys saying true? Why would we why would we buck that when you think yeah, I'm, so not gonna, I'm not gonna go against a fact. You're smart to listen to Ethan. You guys were right. Only the way you said that seethingly. We are flushing cash. Okay. Th- three in a row that were true. I'm starting to think what he told us over text that he found a list of quote unquote weird traditions and that it included in the list he found both true ones and fake ones. I'm starting to think these are just all true and he thought he could trick us into getting some wrong that way in india christmas is celebrated by hanging lanterns at home and lighting candles i'd like to phone a friend let's get sneha okay. let's get sneha in on this one this one's boring so i want to say it's fake mm. i think this one's boring i'm gonna say it's true why would brad make up a boring one also i'm gonna say it's true because i i genuinely am starting i, I genuinely think i think there he, aren't i don't think he ones. did i don't think he came up with anything god damn it you're wrong it's false Ryan, you worked for a church and you can't even get this right. Ethan, you were just married, I assume, by Jesus. And Curtis, you're like Mr. Christmas. How did you get this wrong? Ethan had it right, though. You can't get mad at him. It doesn't matter. Teamwork makes the dream work, okay? I'm very disappointed in you all. Okay, great job, guys. On to the next question. You guys are doing really great. This is uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hydebit. I get the bit, but I also, I love that you started by saying we'll be ridiculed, and I still... Oh, I I forgot that's why you're doing that. In in Brazil, it's common to get twice your monthly pay as a Christmas time bonus. What? How did you choose the order of these? I'm I'm taking the quiz with you. It's a quiz. What? Oh, Oh, you just... I don't know the I don't know the answers either. It's a true or false question. Oh my god! Question. This is um, 
definitely the dumbest bit we've ever put up. So we're just doing a Facebook quest right now. That's what you're telling me? Let me give credit to the real yeah, website. if you're going to just steal the whole thing, yeah, do that. The journal. The, it's an Irish newspaper. We thought, you were, ma- we thought you were making something up. No, oh no. Oh my god. Okay, so what's the answer? The question? The it doesn't... It's Brazil, they double the pay. Now that we know we're not playing Brad, we're playing some random Facebook quizzer. I'm going to say it's tr- true. I don't know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Stupid one. I, I think it sounds plausible. Um, no, I don't. I'm going to say false. My instinct was false. Two times monthly pay, does that mean that in December they get two months pay or does it mean that they get three months pay because on Christmas they're getting two months pay in one go sure whatever you would oh. yeah he can't he can't clarify he's reading a f- the same thing he's got all the info we've got I'm gonna say true uh, I'm not gonna defy it true Ethan use your two votes please okay two falses so it's a fitty fitty so we win either way give us those Brad bucks no that defaults to Ethan's answer yeah he's, he's also got the yeah, time it, yeah. so are we going with false yeah we went with false apparently I, it's just dealing with three morons what, what am I doing here what am I I spent my month working there on you this didn't. you, you just told us that you wrong. didn't this you just is Google that. Th- you're gonna edit that you're going to edit what you just said out um, to make me look better. But this is just so disappointing. I had such high hopes. All right, great job, guys. I'm really proud of you. Really proud of you. Next one. In Estonia, families have a sauna together on Christmas Eve. Probably false. There, can't, there just can't be that many saunas in Estonia. It's not a huge country, but still. I'm with you on false. I also think that uh, Brad couldn't even be bothered to like read through the quiz and use it to build his own, like put it's his so, own spin it's, on it. It's yeah. so annoying. <laughs> It's the most annoying, Brad. He doesn't even know the answers until we give him one to punch into the quiz. It's so annoying. False, Brad. (laughs) What's the answer? Yeah, what is the quiz? Am I being punked? Is Ashton Kutcher going to come true? Like, this is a joke. Like, I just, oh, you guys, you guys are the worst. Alrighty. On February 30th, in Kenya, Santa doesn't travel by reindeer. Instead, Land Rovers, camels, or bikes are used. I imagine they probably have Land Rovers camels and bikes instead of reindeer like in kenya so i can see why they would alter the thing why would you have all three like but also the specificity of naming three things Mm -hmm. like why would you make that up why wouldn't you just say oh instead they use an antelope or whatever wait so you're saying that makes it more true or more false i'm saying it makes it more true because if they were making it up i feel like they would say something like an antelope or something that sounds believable instead of something specific but not interesting <laughs> well, it is interesting. What, you think that he switches vehicles? Like, that's pretty interesting. I'm sticking with false on this one. I'm jumping on the true train, but I don't know why. Right. True train. Give me them Brad bucks. Congratulations. You've earned 50 Brad bucks. Thank you all for playing this game with me. I hope you That's the thing, it. Brad. Have we were playing great... it with you. We should have been playing it against you. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm going to turn it over to Curtis, who's going to continue to host. Dumbest thing we've ever done. I, I mean, we knew it would be. Every time we it's... give Brad the reins. Like, Every I told you. Week. I told you it'd be stupid. It was great. It was great. We love Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hydebits. That could have been fun. Well, Ryan, why don't you tell us what we can expect next week when we cover the previous episode at Season 10, Episode 9, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. It's karaoke night in Seattle, and Marty won't stop crooning until it causes a rift in the family. I really hope you're right. I would love a karaoke episode. My karaoke. I think Marty would be into karaoke. And he obviously would cause a rift because he's terrible. Well, you you know the Brothers Crane are not into karaoke. No. Yeah, well, I, actually, I don't know that. We've seen them sing a lot. No, well, they're into singing. Yeah, that's why they wouldn't be. Yes, yeah, not the same. I would love to. I would love to see the cranes get booed off of the stage. I think that'd be so fun. They would go to karaoke and they would try to play some fucking 
operetta. That would be actually really great. I really hope your episode comes to fruition. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music. And thank you, Ethan, for joining us. No problem. And thank all of you for listening. Probably best if you don't bother with us online. But if you want to, it's reverse psych pod at whatever. For myself, for Brian. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Get it together. I think he just called he me Brian. Brian. It's really yeah. annoying, actually. <laughs> Save some time. You say Brian from now on. He's a mess. He's a, he, he had to deal with one, one Brad segment. Now he's just lost it. I know. He's turned into Brad. He can't even complete sentence. For myself, for my brother, Ethan, and for Brian, the con- combo of brian and brad that i'm going to be doing from now on did you just say the combo of brian and brad this episode was a nightmare curtis get us out of this fucking episode happy valentine's day everybody Dance. And do the coffee dance. And do the coffee dance.